0: Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. This is our second book review episode and I've got another two titles for you and I really hope that you're making a note of all these with Christmas coming up. And yes, I did it. I used the C word and it's only October. I am sorry. Anyway, the two that we're going to have a look at are both collections and they are both very good again i've just done a spoiler alert about the books but anyway i'm going to get into the details of why they're good in just a moment and we're going to start off with a book that i'd had my eye on for so long before i got it. And i knew i was going to enjoy it before i got it and i was very pleased to be proven right and that's the magpie in the wardrobe a curiosity of folklore magic and spells and curiosity is indeed an apt subtitle for this particular folklore collection because it stimulates your curiosity as well as your interest Published by Pavilion Books, this book is an absolutely gorgeous collection. It's this just beautifully designed hardback. It's got amazing design throughout it. And it contains folklore snippets, sweet spells and other charming bits and bobs. If you're looking for any kind of spells for hexing people or anything like that, you will unfortunately be disappointed because it's kind of at the fluffy end of the spectrum. But it's still a really, really good book. So The Magpie in the Wardrobe isn't an in-depth survey of folklore by any stretch of the imagination. Not like the second book that we're going to have a look at in the second half of this episode. But The Magpie in the Wardrobe does provide a useful jumping off point because you can use any of the quite short entries to then lead you on to further research. Just think of it as kind of almost like taster samples. And it's a perfect book for dipping into as well. I mean, you can just open the book at random and see what that particular page has in store for you that day. So, for example, I let the book fall open at random and I came across these delightful scrapbook pages on wedding superstitions. So that could either prompt research into more wedding superstitions, which, let's be honest, makes a change from the usual death and funeral superstitions I'm looking at, or it could even make me look for tales of weddings within folklore. You know, the use of the book goes beyond that it could prompt a design project for wedding invitations or wedding themes. And incidentally, wearing white became popular as a symbol of purity in 1840 when Queen Victoria wore the colour. So if you're looking to theme a wedding, you might want a Victorian themed wedding, for example. And this is this is basically one of the advantages of this book because it's got these little snippets and things. You can just find so many things that, oh, I didn't know that. And as I said before, the design of the book is absolutely first rate. And it's nice that there's a little ribbon bookmark in it as well, which is weighted with a four-leaf clover. So if you do decide you want to read it from start to finish, it, although because of the size of it, it's not really a reading in bed kind of book. It's a bit more of a coffee table book. It does mean that you can always find your place again. And also, what kind of monster folds over the corner of a page of a bookmark? I ask you. But the thing is, the layout of each page is absolutely gorgeous because of the fact they've got these different themes and a bit of an eclectic sort of collection of stuff in it. And the book has basically the feel of an oldie worldy witch's grimoire, I think. It's a bit like a scrapbook of spells and lore. And the Pavilion website actually describes it as a unique treasury of marvels and oddities, a lovingly curated compendium of time-honoured traditions and curious customs that have bewitched us for generations. And it is indeed that. I also apologise, I have no idea why I suddenly put that weird posh accent on while I was reading out the quote. That was really odd, I'm sorry. Basically, the magpie in the wardrobe would make an absolutely wonderful Christmas gift for anyone who loves folklore. Treat yourself to this beautiful book as an inspiration for your own folkloric travels, Or if you're a writer, I absolutely recommend it because it basically provides this wonderful set of writing prompts. You could let the book fall open and gain inspiration from any of the snippets that you find. I highly recommend it and I just think it's really beautiful. So there's one of the collections and this next collection, I'm putting it under collections because it's a collection of tales but it's all by a single author and that's a Treasury of British Folklore, Maypoles, Mandrakes and Mistletoe by folklore His very own Dee Dee Cheney. And it's basically a testament to the growing interest in folklore as both an area of academic study and a topic worth further investigation by the general public that this book was actually commissioned by the National Trust. So Dee Dee collects law from the length and breadth of Britain in this book and it's no easy task. I do not envy what she basically ended up having to do. And the chapters are devoted to subjects like love and marriage or death and burial to basically pull the, the bits of folklore together under themes. Other books, I think, have, have taken a tendency to do these kind of books by doing a chapter per area. And the problem with that is they can sometimes become a little bit repetitive because obviously the similar customs and beliefs appear in each area. Whereas Dee doing it this way makes a lot more sense because then you can see the similarities across areas. And she also includes things like The lore of Trees, Tales of Giants, and obviously my favourite ghost stories. It's divided into three sections. You've got Of the Land, Plants and Animals, Witchcraft, Magic and Heroic Tales, and The Milestones of Life. And basically, I would say that the book acts as an absolutely fantastic primer for a huge range of subcategories of folklore. So you can learn about everything from the Arthurian legends to harvest festivals and basically everything in between. What I was quite pleased to see is the fact that DD does actually use quite good representation from Northumberland all the way to Cornwall, so most counties do get a look in. Whereas some books can kind of favour one county over another, this one, it does have a really nice fair balance. And both Wales and Scotland also enjoy plenty of entries as well. DD includes a very helpful calendar at the back, which helps you discover where these actual like real-life celebrations and rituals happen around Britain throughout the year, which is really cool. And I would definitely say that A Treasury of British Folklore is a very good beginner's book. It's not a comprehensive text in that much of the law has been condensed to hit the book's word count. So I think Dee Dee's done an absolutely fabulous job of getting so many bases into one volume with just 40,000 words to play with. But because she does cover such a huge range of superstitions, sayings and beliefs, again, it's amazing how much is included and the range involved does make it so mind-bogglingly comprehensive, so what you want to use the book for really depends on your goals. Personally, I think it would be better for somebody who wants to be a folklorist, or someone who's just getting interested and wants to kind of get a better overview of it, but then at the same time, much like Magpie in the Wardrobe, it's the kind of book where you can use things as a jumping-off point, so you might go, ooh, the giant's tales are really interesting, I want to look further into that. So again you've got the the springboard of ideas to pursue and obviously collecting the law together by theme makes it quite easy to spot what most interests you and then on the other hand you've got this suggested reading at the back which is obviously a fabulous list of resources so you can continue your studies in whatever direction best suits you beginning with those titles. For whatever reason you choose the book, it is an easy and enjoyable read. You're not going to get bombarded with academic jargon. It's just a pleasure to read. And it's got really striking sort of woodcut style illustrations that work really well within the text. So again, I highly recommend it either for you or somebody that you know. And I do think that anybody who reads it would enjoy it. So well done, Dee Dee. That was a fabulous primer on folklore. So two excellent books again there. This, that's the end of our book review episode, these ones tend to be a little bit shorter because otherwise I would ramble at length for hours about books if anybody let me. I do have another one for next month which I can already tell you will be Tudor Folktales and that one I'll review for November's book review episode. So remember to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted to when any of these book review episodes go live and then also the general folklore ones as well. So I would like to say thank you for listening and I hope you have a fabulous month and I will see you soon. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com, and that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images, and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!